But I am just so glad that I can stand here tonight in my right mind just to share the great things that God has done for me. So I knew I was going to cry. I didn't reckon it was going to be so soon. <laughs> but I'd just like to start by reading a few well-known verses from Luke. And it's chapter 15 and it's verse 11. Uh, my Bible's the New King James Version, but I bought it from Harmony Books, so it's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and it says, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this was my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I do just feel like I could sit down now because that is my testimony in a nutshell. Um, I am a teacher. And since getting saved, you wouldn't believe how many times I've had to cover the story of the prodigal son with different year groups. And I've honestly had to hold the tears back every time because it's just so real to me. It just means so much to me. You know, I really did just squander everything I had. But God is a good father. He's full of mercy. And he was looking out for me even when I was afar off. But just a little bit of my background. I was brought to church faithfully. Um, you know, week in, week out. I went to Sunday school, youth club, Bible camps, you name it, Sandra sent us. <laughs> um, and it's only looking back now that I can see what a privilege it was to be brought up in God's house. And I gave my life to the Lord as a young child, and I knew what it was to walk with him. And I'd just like to share about that time in my life, just for a few moments. I remember finding the early years of secondary school quite difficult. I had friends, but I just felt like I didn't quite fit in. And even in those earlier times of my life, I knew what it was to feel close to God. I would have walked the corridors just praying, and I never felt lonely. I also remember going to a youth camp with church, and Jonathan had mentioned it in his testimony too. I think it was a, a BB house in Portrush, and Paul Malcolmson and Pastor Tim were, were taking in turns to share God's word. And in this particular night, Tim was preaching. He probably doesn't remember because it was so long ago, and he's getting on in years. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he brought a message about the mission field and he made an altar call and I knew the Lord was speaking to my heart 
And I went to the front, and Tim confirmed that I was just one of the people he knew the message was for. And it's an amazing thing to know the will of God for your life. And I should have been so pleased and excited about God's plan for me. But I was an odd child. (laughs) I couldn't even have sleepovers with friends at their houses. My mum and dad would have got a phone call about midnight to say I was crying and I wanted to go home. (laughs) I was, and I still am, a complete homebird. And the thought of being called to the mission field scared me. And it actually really ruined the rest of the camp for me because I was so overwhelmed by fear. It really did. (laughs) And that fear, it didn't just disappear, you know, after a few days. I struggled with it for months. And one night, I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't struggle with God any longer. And I just lay in my bed and I simply surrendered my life to him. And I told him this life was his and whatever he wanted me to do, I'd do. And immediately that fear left me. You know, I felt such a peace that I'd never had before. It's probably a strange way to start my testimony because most of you know that's not how the rest of my story goes. But if I could just say to the young people tonight, you know, stay so close to God. Stand guard over your heart. It is possible to walk with him, to know his plans for your life, to know the peace that he brings and to walk away from it all. The devil will try and trip you up. He will try and entice you away ever so slowly with the things of this world. But he is a liar and he seeks to destroy. There is nothing out there for you in this world. And you try not to focus on people because people are human and with the best intentions in the world will let each other down. But keep your eyes on Jesus because Jesus never fails. He never disappoints and he will never let you down. But around the age of 16, it all changed. And as I said, I don't even really know how it happened. But I decided that I was going to live my way, whatever way I wanted. And that's exactly what I did. I stayed on to do my A-levels and then I went to university where I just lived the student life. And to be honest, if you were to ask my friends, I know they'd tell you I was a complete Italian. But I loved every second of it. I was just out. Sorry. Just every night of the week, doing whatever I wanted to do. I didn't care about anything else or anyone. But the Bible says the pleasures of sin are for a season. And very soon, I wasn't having fun anymore. I would have come home from nights out and just cried myself to sleep. Because my life was empty. I was just miserable. So in my head, I thought, if I just had certain things in my life, I'd be happy. And many of my friends had started to get married and have children. And I thought if I just had what they had, I'd feel complete. But relationships left me broken and just couldn't satisfy the longing I had in my soul. I told myself if I could get a house, I'd be happy. You know, that way my life would be making progress. I'd be moving on somehow. But I got a house and I wasn't happy. (laughs) And you know, that quickly changed. When I get my house sorted, everything will be better. I'm a wee daddy. (laughs) Worked his socks off in my house. (laughs) And, you know, my friends and my family said lovely things about it, but I just couldn't see it. I wasn't satisfied. I had a good car, a great job, lots of friends. I went on holidays, spa weekends. I even spent a small fortune on the cutest wee dog. I mean, (laughs) a real-life wee teddy bear, but nothing worked. You know, I was just so trapped. There was such a heaviness in my life, and I could not shake it. No matter what I tried, it was disappointment after disappointment And I was exhausted, just constantly chasing fleeting moments of happiness. You see, once you've known the peace of God in your life, like I had all those years ago, nothing else can compare. 
But I still tried doing these same things for years over and over again. And I was now 31 and my life was just the furthest place from where I thought it would be. And I'd heard it preached hundreds of times that sin will always take you further than you want to go. And I was now living a life that I'd been warned about so many times. But I do just thank God that he didn't leave me there. You know, even though that's what I deserved, it's not where my story ends. Around June, everything was just coming to a head for me. You know, I didn't want the life that I'd made for myself. I couldn't do it anymore. The cracks were showing massively and I wasn't able to hide behind a smiley face. You know, the way I spoke to my friends was atrocious. I was always grumpy. I was always complaining about something. I just didn't even recognize myself anymore. My life had become so ugly and I hated it, but there was nothing that I could do to change it. And one day, mum and I had taken dad to collect his car from a garage. And on the way back down, we stopped at lights outside a gospel hall. And there was a verse outside the church that said, Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I so longed to claim that verse for my life. I was so weary. My life felt so heavy. And I just wanted to rest. I just wanted a break from it all. But as quickly as those thoughts came, I just as quickly pushed them aside. And I tried to busy my mind. And a really easy way for me to quiet my mind, just to numb all of my thoughts, was to put something on the TV. And when I was watching the programme, there was a funeral service, and someone just read the verse, Come unto me, all you that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, even in my busyness, when I didn't want him to, God was still pursuing me and telling me to come to him. And just a couple of days later, my friend invited me to church. And to be honest, my heart was just soft, and I told her I'd go. And the pastor got up to open the service, and he just read one verse. Come unto me, all you that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I really don't believe it was a coincidence that that verse was brought to me three times in a week. You know, I believe it just shows God's heart that he truly loves us. You know, God gave me so many opportunities to come back to him over the years that I was backslidden, and each one I had rejected. But here he was pursuing me again, just so tenderly dealing with my heart. He would not give up, and he would not let me go. And after the pastor read the verse, we sang a song called Jesus Strong and Kind. It's a simple song, but the words are lovely. It says, Jesus said that if I thirst, I should come to him. No one else can satisfy, I should come to him. Jesus said that if I'm weak, I should come to him. No one else can be my strength, I should come to him. Jesus said that if I fear, I should come to him. No one else can be my shield, I should come to him. For the Lord is good and faithful. He will keep us day and night. We can always run to Jesus, Jesus strong and kind. You know, I just felt like God was speaking straight to my heart. Ruth, I have everything that you need. You just need to come to me. And it was as if he, he went a step further. It was as if God said to me, I have everything. But if it's still too difficult for you to come to me, listen to the final verse. And it says, Jesus said, if I am lost, he will come to me. And he showed me on the cross that he will come to me. And I just remember crying the whole way home to my house. But believe it or not, the battle for my soul went on for another two weeks before I fully surrendered my all to Christ. I went to mum and I prayed a simple prayer, just asking God to forgive my sins and to come and live in this life. 
And I can honestly tell you that my burdens were lifted. That on that day on the beach, I just said that Jesus truly satisfies, that I have a hope and my life has a purpose. And that's still true for me today. You know, I no longer dread each morning. I don't have the crippling, anxious thoughts that dictated my days. You know, I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I really didn't want to live my life. But I am just so glad that Jesus said, I am come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. And the Amplified says, life to the full till it overflows. And God has just completely turned my life around. He's done such a work (laughs) in seven short months. And one of the lovely things about God is that he promises to never leave you, never forsake you. You know, he didn't save me and then say, off you go on your own to figure it out. (laughs) He's placed me in a church family with people who encourage me to grow in faith. He speaks to me through his word and he proves himself to me time and time again. And shortly after I got saved, I got baptised. <laughs> and Tim said, everyone gives a short word of testimony before they get baptised. And I was dreading it. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating when I say I find this really difficult. And I did not want to do it. <laughs> and there was sort of having a little bit of fellowship before the baptism. And um, I said to Nikki, <laughs> the Wednesday before, I won't be going up for the fellowship part. <laughs> I'll be sick with nerves. I won't want to eat anything. I won't want to speak to anyone. I'll just arrive up before the service starts. And that's what I did. <laughs> and when I arrived at Newcastle, I saw my mum sitting <laughs> way down the other side of the beach and I made a beeline for her. And I just stood there. <laughs> and then the service started. But as soon as I got to that mic, I wasn't nervous at all. You know, I felt a boldness that I had never had. And Lainey had taken a wee video and I had shared it to my Facebook. And my friend who I've known from school sent me a message and she said, you were so confident. I've never seen you like that before. And I just told her, it's because I've never been like that. You know, it was the Lord. I was doing it in his strength, not in mine. And even in work, we had um, an inspector come out to assess the impact of COVID on the children's reading. And I think if you were to mention inspector and inspector to any teacher you'd probably put a little bit of fear into them and I would have and have done in the past just fall into pieces over things like that you know tears sleepless nights I would have made myself physically sick with worry and one of the first verses I got when I was just saved was Isaiah 41 13 and it says for I the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand saying unto thee fear not I will help thee and I really did know the Lord's help and peace at that time You know, so much so that I was really looking forward to my observation. You know, (laughs) something changed moments before and I was excited for the inspector to come into my room because I just felt so confident about what I was doing. And it went so well. The school got great feedback. It just, it couldn't have gone any better. I should point out that I wasn't the only one who was observed. (laughs) You know, there was the whole key stage. It was a team effort. (laughs) But for me personally, it was a real victory just not to have the anxiety that I'd had in so many similar situations before. Do you know, I just know there's really been a change in my life. And I just started to think more specifically about what God's done for me. And some of these I know are so small, but for me, it's just massive. Do you know, he really has just changed my desires. You know, on my worst days... I probably wouldn't even want anyone to know this, but you know, my worst days, I was coming home from school 
and I was going to bed with like a bottle of gin or whatever it was I had and I was just drinking myself to sleep at half four in the afternoon you know just looking for an escape just looking for a way out you know I don't want to drown my sorrows in alcohol anymore you know I don't I'm not living for the next night out I've no desire to be in a bar or a club and you know before I was saved I couldn't think of anything worse than going to church on a Sunday never mind twice <laughs> but I do just love getting to church I love getting to the meetings I used to feel really lonely and isolated living on my own. But I love being in my house. It's just, you know, my own wee space just for me. And I know it's a pretty big statement, but I would say I was pretty tormented in my mind. You know, I was just, my mind was constantly in overtime. I couldn't switch off at night. You know, I was just overrun by thoughts of fear, anxiety, just worst case scenarios. And I would have wakened nearly every hour. But Jesus promises sweet sleep and I sleep so well. You know, and I just... <laughs> I just would never have entertained the idea of going anywhere overnight on my own. But over Christmas, I had a wee night away and I had the best time. <laughs> I could have stayed much longer. You know, and just like I've said, I know these things seem insignificant, but to me, they're honestly such victories. <laughs> I'm just content and it's only God that's fulfilled me. You know, I'm by no means perfect. If you ask Sandra and Trevor, they'll tell you I still get grumpy. <laughs> Uh, or ask my work colleagues and unfortunately I'm sure they'll tell you I still complain. I'm very much a work in progress but I'm just trusting the Lord to mould me into the person he wants me to be because his word says he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ and I don't know what the Lord has in store for me but whatever he wants me to do I'll do it because I know life's not worth living unless you live it for him. You know maybe you're here tonight or listening online and you can relate to some of the things I've said. Maybe you're feeling empty and broken. Maybe you've got heavy burdens and you don't want to go on. You know, don't waste time trying the same things over and over again. Jesus is the answer. And I just regret that I didn't turn to him sooner because he truly is the way, the truth and the life, just like we were singing. And if you just come to him, you know, if you just let him, he will change your life too. He'll give you rest that this world can't give. And it'll give you peace that this world can't take away. Jesus is waiting. You know, he sees you afar off. And he simply says, come.